Hey, thanks so much for choosing the Haven House of Revival Sermon of the Week. We pray that this sermon impacts your heart and inspires you to change your life and the world around you for God. Please enjoy the message. Janine is going to hang out with me up here because we are going to launch a ministry we talked about a year ago. About a year ago, we, um, we announced that we wanted to do this, yeah, we wanted to do this thing called Revival Families. Um, it was the same week that we were talking about prayer sets, our devotional sets, and, and in that season, I really felt like this was something to launch, and then some things happened, and then the door closed for the season. And we just said, okay, the door's closed, that's okay. But the Lord stirred us as we were talking about Janine's new position, um, and as we were praying and through this calendar year, and Lord, what do you want to do? What do you want to release? What do you want us as a community to dive into? And the thing that just kept coming back to me was start Revival Family. Start, we need to connect people. So Janine and I are going to take the next 15 minutes or so to explain, give vision, and help you understand what Revival Families are, because that's a, a phrase or a term that is new to Haven. We want to invigorate you and excite you about being in a revival family um, because we believe that this is going to be the way that as our church grows, because we're believing, if we've never said this out loud, we're believing that this church, this house would grow, that in several years, we'll need to build a building 10 times this big because we want to make that kind of an impact in our community and to the nations. And to do that, we need more people. But as we grow in size, what tends to happen is people feel less connected and personal and personally connected. And so this is our, uh, as we've prayed through it, our attempt at that. Um, And so revival families. Okay, so the first thing I want to say is, like, we've never really defined this publicly. Let me just grab my Bible here. And Janine and I are going to kind of pass off the mic here, but we, we want to tell you what revival is in our terms. Can we do that? I feel like I need to apologize to the staff who weren't in the conversations of this, but I feel like I'm going to cover it because we've talked about this topic a lot. We just didn't do this together. Yeah, Chris is mad at me. He's saying, like, dead. No, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> no. I, I love that they trust me. And Janine and I talked through this, so we represent the rest of you. I'm just kidding. Okay. This is what we believe revival is. We, we pray this every week with giving declarations, but we believe that people need to be, like as a church, we are a family. That's why we use the word house because we, families dwell in a house together. Are you with me? Okay. So we're a revival family and we believe that revival looks like people getting saved, healed, delivered, and discipled. Okay, say that with me. Saved, healed, delivered, discipled. If we are living in revival, you can just open your Bibles to Mark 16. The great commission of Jesus out of Mark 16 is what revival looks like. Okay, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. 
Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. So the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. Here's the last verse. And they went out, the disciples, and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. So we believe that revival, if revival is happening, here's the picture of revival. In our personal lives, we acknowledge that we can't share the gospel without the Holy Spirit. We acknowledge that we need to live with, through, and by the Holy Spirit, and that if we're living the gospel in its fullness out, then God, by his Spirit, will accompany us in the gospel message with signs and wonders. Are you with me? So, what is revival for for us? I'm being very clear here. It's about us recognizing it starts personally. To become the image of, of Christ, to become the image of revival in our city, it starts with our personal life, becoming the image of revival. Us living out in our daily lives, life by and with and in the Spirit. In intimacy with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in our daily lives and operating in the gifts of Jesus and the Spirit. Are you with me? Revival is us experiencing people saved, healed, delivered, and discipled through us by his spirit. You seeing it? Then it's to our families. Then it's to our community. Then it's to our nation. In that order, it must start with you. Then to your families. Then to the community. Then to the nations. This is what revival looks like at Haven. Last thing, we can have revival in our generation and in this season in history, but if you read the revivalists throughout history, many of them failed at one of our core values, generational blessing. We believe that if we're in a state of revival, we will literally be worshiping, praying, and what's the third one? And equipping our people together and that will create healing and generational blessing. Generational blessing is vital to long-term legacy revival. We are not here to make an impact in our generation and let it die. Can I say that again? We are not here for you to experience revival, your friends to experience revival, and all of your kids to go to hell. We are here to make a generational legacy of revival that extends down to our great, 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 great grandchildren. That's why we are here. Whether the Lord comes back this year, next year, seven years, 70 years, 700 years, we will not act as if it's just for us. We will act for our children's children's children. Revival in this house must go through the generations. It must happen in your family after it happens to you. That's why we've been preaching on identity. That's why I can't seem to get out of fathering and mothering because fathering and mothering is the quintessential thing that the Lord calls us to in revival and in his spirit. 
We must all be, whether we are physical, biological parents or not, we must all be spiritual parents. It's the call of the Lord. Are you with me? Revival must cross through the generations and that's the only way it's gonna tarry. It's the only way it's gonna last is if we get this right. So Revival Families is named that importantly because it's about the whole family. We believe we're experiencing personal revival in ourselves right now. But the way it's gonna start spreading to our communities, if it hits home with you in your home and then to this home, are you with me? And then to our community and then to the nations. All right. So this Revival Families is about the next step in revival for our community. It's the next step in, being, in seeing people saved, healed, delivered, discipled, made whole. Amen. Okay, Janine, take it away. Okay, so what is Revival Families? It launches from that. Revival starts in you. It starts in me. But you weren't meant to walk alone. Right? Right? And this isn't just about families. This is spiritual family. Okay? It's about connection. Like you said, that's my heart. This is the big thing. This is not, revival family groups are not Bible study groups. Okay? <laughs> Praise the Lord, someone says. They're not Bible study groups. The sole purpose of what a revival family is, is connection. Why? Because that's what we're all really longing for deep down, whether you know it or not. Everyone wants to be loved, accepted, wants to find a place to belong wants a place of community, wants deep connection. And if we're meant to be revived and it, revival starts within us, we need to have people to walk through the crap with. Like when stuff is not going well and you're stuck on, in your house, isolated, you need to have people who are in your corner. That's what these groups are designed for. Okay? We're trying to make it easy. Trying to make it easy for connection. Basically... I'm not sure what all I'm supposed to hit on at this point. But the, the whole point is that every three weeks, two weeks, whatever, more than once a month, you're getting together with the same group of people, people that you enjoy, people that you desire and want to spend time with, people that you want to grow in relationship with. And you spend time and you share food together. You, it's over a table. You have, have a meal together. You have dessert, have coffee, hang out, connect. Get into each other's lives. You're basically, yeah, you're not going through a program. You're not going through a Bible study. You're eating together. And Justin's going to get more into that. Uh, but you're spending time together. And who you invest in and what you invest in will grow. So whether you know the people, whether you feel like in this congregation you're connected, like super connected, or you're not very connected yet, this is for you. Because we really desire, like my heart is really that the connection would grow. If you don't have that yet, let us help you get there. Let us help you. But it doesn't mean you have to come and you have to show up and you have to open up your heart. Like that can be intimidating to people. Like I have to share all about who I am. Like take it slow. Just come and start eating. <laughs> Eat food. Drink a coffee. And relationship will grow over time. You will grow in, with, with the people in your group as you spend time together. So what is Revival Family? It's about connection. That's what it's all about. Yes, and when I was praying about 
um, about revival families, Acts 4 came to mind, where they talk about how they shared all their possessions and they were unified as believers. And so my thought was, hey, I actually don't know everyone in our church. I would love to. But if I don't know you, I don't know what you need to share something with you. Right? They're talking about as believers, they, they shared everything. Well, in order to do that, I need to know that you need something. So our hope is that these groups actually create a space where you start to share your lives. How was your week? What's going on? What's going on? Oh, I had vehicle problems. Right? You're just talking and you start to share about what's going on in each other's worlds. And that's how you get to know each other, which I really believe is going to bring unity within our body and unity as believers, which is what Acts 4 was. So. Yeah, practically as leaders, I just want to touch on this for 30 seconds. We, do, we can't know everybody intimately. This is a group where you're going to get to know each other intimately and be loved intimately. And, and like Janine said, we don't know what you need, but the leaders of these groups will be able to tell us. Like, we can't pastor every person in this room. It's impossible. That's not our call. We'll all burn out. But this is a group that can pastor you, that can walk with you, and then just be with you. So if you're like, I mean, David Cuppet put it like this when we were at that conference. You know, you're like in your down moments, and this happens all the time. We see this at the barn all the time. We see this on Sunday mornings where we're like, hey, come get a fresh touch. Because some of you, like me, you're going through your week, and there's a spirit over you, and you're like, oh, my life is terrible. And you literally just need somebody to come up and shundy bundy over you until you get out of that spirit. Like, it's true. Like, come on, I've been there. I don't know how many times my wife has to pull me out of my crap and be like, smack me around, remind me who I am in the spirit, right? These are the people that are, this is how David Cuppet put it. What if we had people in our lives that were willing to pick up the phone at any time and go to war and prayer over you to break that spirit over you? Like, this is what these groups are about, where like these people are people you can trust. You can say, guys, I'm struggling. And you get a phone call and somebody's just going to war and shundy bundying over you until you break. Like imagine how much better, you don't have to wait three days to come to the barn. That's right. Like most people, like I even do it sometimes. Lord, I need something. Okay, I'm going to the barn again because I need somebody to pray over me. Look, we're human. We all are in the flesh sometimes, not on purpose, but because that's who we are right now in this season in life, in eternity. We're of the flesh still. So sometimes we need somebody else to help us kill our own flesh. Are you with me? Community is vital. I could go off on that. Okay, all right. So, okay, so Janine mentioned this. A couple points about what revival families will have. You can expect there will always be food. And the reason why there will always be food is because we believe in this tool called the table, okay? And the table is the word we're giving the meal together is one of the most important things we've seen in the gospels, how Jesus interacted with his disciples. So important that the first meal or the first miracle he did was at a meal, a feast, a wedding feast where people were getting drunk on wine and eating together. And that was so important. The second thing that we need to know is that it was so important that that's literally what he calls us to do when we come together is to participate in the Last Supper. 
How many people understand when you read the Gospels and you read about the Last Supper, it's not just about the bread and the wine. In fact, Paul rebukes the Corinthians and he says, why are you guys letting some people come hungry to do the Lord's Supper? Like everybody should be fed already. It's supposed to be us together around a table and then taking communion together. It's a sacrament in the church. It's one thing that every the global church can agree on. It's like baptism by water somehow and the, the Lord's Supper. It's so vital. So when I read the scriptures and I read this, the life of Jesus, the gospels, I, I see so clearly that Jesus marked meals and he knew something spiritually or supernaturally or scientifically about food that's gonna impact us. And how many people understand when you sit around a table with people that you don't really like, but you're eating something that tastes really good, all of a sudden you start to like the people around you. I tricked Jesse that way just the other week. I brought him over, I made him a great meal, and now he loves me. <laughs> no, but I'm serious, okay? Food is, the table is so vital. Look, something that we lost in this generation in history is that the way we used to live in societies pre-World War II was you would grow up, and my dad got this experience, but it was lost in my generation. You'd grow up with your grandparents in your home. Farmers know this the best. You grow up with your family around you. You grow up knowing your grandparents, knowing what they fought for, knowing what they died for, knowing what they bled for, and you live for that same thing because it was literally communicated to you. You watched them live through it. You watched their pain and their suffering. You watched where their heart was, and you actually can relate to what they did for you. We lost that in this generation. I'm very fortunate to have my grandparents alive still. And every time I go to Ontario, I make a point to take my kids to see my grandparents. Because I don't know how many years I've left with them. It's so vital that we get this through our heads. The generations are important. The reason we're going through what we're going through in society today is primarily because we do not have the generations eating together anymore. We don't have dinner tables. We have TVs and TV dinners. The best thing you can do is get rid of your TV, put a table in your dining room again, and eat around the table together. And that's what we're trying to force you to do right now. I'm just being honest. The table is important. It's a tool, it's a mode of transportation to get you into relationship so that you can be loved intimately again by a community and prayed over and discipled and made whole. Are you with me? Lastly, the science of it. I looked this up. How many people understand, maybe you've heard this before, when you eat, even if you're eating food that's not very good, when you eat, your body releases an endorphin in your system. And the endorphin is actually an op opioid. So scientifically speaking, you are getting addicted to eating because your body is releasing the opioid in your body and, and you're like, whoa, this feels great. I love being full. They did a study on this. They gave some people enough bad food to fill them. They gave some people really good food, but not enough to fill them. And there were endorphins released in both. But the person who had more endorphins was the person that was full. So 
why we're gathering you around a table is because we want those endorphins to be released in your body again. And here's the cool thing. I talked about this with worship when you hear my sermons on worship. When an endorphin is released, it actually creates a memory marker in your brain. And you actually are then able to recall that memory faster because of something that you can relate that memory to. In this case, food, the taste, the feeling, the feeling of connection, maybe there's candlelight. That actually gives you a memory marker and you remember what happened way easier. And so when you gather around the table, you actually can create all these memory markers in your mind of good things, of people speaking in your life, prophesying over you, encouraging you, blessing you, breaking crap over off of, off of you. All of that can happen around the table as we gather together. That's why the table has been for thousands of years the most important centerpiece in a home. And we've lost that. So why revival families? Why the table? Why is that the only mandate? Really, it's like, the only two mandates we have is eat a meal and do it regularly with the same people. And if we can do that in our community well, that will change our lives. You won't have to come to Dwayne every time you need a word. You won't come to me or whoever. Like we still will wanna do that for you. But this is again, us taking the spoon and putting it in your hands and saying, it's time for you to stop being spoon fed. It's time for you to pick up the spoon and feed yourself. And we need community. And we've heard your cries. I know Ashton asked me years ago, can we get small groups? Can we do something? I'm like, yes, I know. We need it. We need you to be connected. We need you to be loved. And this is that. Okay, I'll go get off my horse. Okay. Giddy up. Janine. Okay, so who is this for? You've probably gathered that. It's for you. Whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're elderly, wherever you're at in life, if you need community or if you just want more community, this is for you. Our hope is that everyone gets involved. Um, but like, like what Justin was saying, um, our hope also is that there's going to be the generational crossover. We need each other. And I have a heart for this where the younger generation, like we've walked with young adults for a while now, the younger generation needs the older generation, needs to be fathered and mothered, and we need to have humility to be open to receive. And also the older generation, from what I've seen, sometimes can have a hard time learning how to connect with the younger generation coming up, right? And we want to bridge that gap, right? So part of who is this for, we want you to do these groups with people you love. There's going to be some people that you don't know yet, but also... Find some friends. Say, hey, let's, let's go in a group together. Yeah, let's commit to this and be a part of something together, and we'll connect you. Because um, what are we looking for? We're looking for three groups of people. Okay, it's for all of you, but we're looking for people who just want to come and be a part. So if you just want to attend, awesome, this is you. We're looking for people to head up groups and host groups. Okay? So if you just love to host... If you love having people in your home, this doesn't mean that you're cooking every week, that you're doing the whole meal, but you, your group can decide. Are you going to do potluck style? Are you going to pitch in to order one week? Like, what is that going to look like? But if you love to cook for everyone, go for it. I'll come. <laughs> I mean, if I'm in your group. Um, so if you love to host, this is for you. And then heading up a group. If you just love people. Like if you just love getting into other people's worlds and 
talking and being intentional, being present, engaging, asking questions, just doing life with people. That's for you. And we can talk more about that. But those are the three. We're going to have some sign-up sheets uh, that you can check off. I just want to attend. Um, I want to talk more about heading up a group. I want to host a group. Those are your three options. And we would love also if you list off if there's already people that you know that, hey, I would love to be in a group with this person who's in the congregation or with this friend. We want to make that happen for you as much as possible too. So, yes. I had a good note in my head and then I forgot it. Um, Yeah, it's important that you know that like, we've emphasized this a bunch, it's not for just couples, it's not for just families, and it's not for not kids. This is not a Bible study. We won't force a Bible study into these. In fact, that's the only other mandate. It cannot become a Bible study. Because a Bible study has a completely different purpose, and we need to stay single-minded in this. It is to love one another. Revival will happen across our city when we have an affection for people that's beyond our belief systems. So this is about you growing an affection and love for one another and me and Janine and, and for us to fall in love with one another so that if we can, if we dis- it's like a couple weeks ago when I brought Dwayne up here. It doesn't matter if Dwayne and I agree on everything. I love this man. I believe in the Lord's hand on his life. I believe on his anointing and his call. And it doesn't matter if we agree on every belief system we have. I can still walk with him arm in arm and love him. And it gives me permission to speak into and be spoken into when I can love him well. Are you with me? So that's what this is. It's not a Bible study, although you will talk about Jesus. Because if you're in my group, that's my whole life. If you're in Dwayne's group, Janine's group, Jaren's group, like it doesn't matter. I bet I could point to almost everybody in this room and you're going to probably talk about what Jesus is doing because the more we do life together, the more we're going to realize that Jesus is the most important thing in our lives. And all of a sudden we're talking about Jesus and opening our Bibles together. You're not going to force it, but I guarantee you it's going to happen because God is good. Okay. Just one thing to add to that. Yeah, the goal is to come and just be yourself and let Jesus shine through you, right? We're not saying... You have to spend time praying for one another, this or that. If something comes up in conversation and you feel to pray for them, be yourself. Pray for them. Like, bring Jesus into your group, but there's no forcing of making something happen. Come and hang out and just watch as you grow in connection and watch as you grow in affection for each other and for the Lord. Okay? So, the okay, go for it. Yeah, okay, so two weeks from today, we are going to have um, a training day. So the clipboards are going around um, to sign up, to check off what you might be interested in, attending, heading, hosting. Um, And this isn't your only day to sign up, but two weeks from now, we want to have a bit of a training day with people who are interested in heading up a group and people who want to host a group. And so we're going to be pairing people up who are heading and hosting groups. So if you also know that, hey, I want to head a group and I would love it that these are my friends who would host it here. Like, put that down. So February 25th, right after church, we're going to have some pizza. We're going to do a bit of training, um, short, eat, and talk about what does it look like to head up a group and host a group. And then from that point, the groups are going to be built and hopefully be launched in March. So you can expect, if you're signing up to be a part of a group, that sometime in March, um, the groups will be launching. 
okay? So if you have any more questions, I would love to chat with you after the service. Um, anything that you need clarified, anything you're interested in or unsure about. Uh, but we're really excited for this. Really excited for the way that it's going to bring unity in the congregation. Love, affection. And so if you haven't seen our passion for this, <laughs> we're both very passionate people. We're very excited. So, Yeah, the other way you can sign up online or if you want any of these details, this sermon, sermon, this section of this service is going to be online on our podcast so that if anybody's not here that you know of that you want to know a bit more in depth about what's happening, how this is going to look, you can point them to the podcast or havenmh.church slash revival families. And there's also an online sign up there as well so that you can point people to sign up that's not here right now. We said this already, our whole staff is going to be in a revival family. We're going to encourage all of our leadership team and everyone in this church. We want you to be connected this way. I know we all are like already doing a lot, but this is where you can just come and be and not do. Isn't that so important? Like, like if you're not just being, you're probably going to, you're going to burn out real quick. We want you to come and be. Yeah. One final thing. It's not a weekly commitment. Yes. So in signing up, it's not, the plan is not to be weekly. The goal is every three weeks. The groups will decide, but more than once a month, not weekly, right? So if you have a certain commitment level, um, I will talk to you about that as well. Um, but just if you're signing up, that's not an expectation that it's a weekly thing. It's once a month to a degree. That's good. Okay, I'm going to pray and bless you. We're going to go. The checklists are still being handed out, but um, so feel free to sign up or come and talk to Janine or I. Janine is going to be heading up this ministry, um, and, uh, but I obviously have a deep passion for connecting us and this, this ministry. So let me pray, and then you guys can go. I know it's already about one o'clock. God, I just thank you for everything you did this morning for how faithful you are in showing up and in leading us. I thank you that today, Lord, we got to send out so many people, that we get to actually participate with you in sending people out, and that that's what you're doing in this house, Lord, that the word that was given to us, that we're not to corral the Mustangs, but to let them run and run free, Lord, like that that is the picture of this house and that we will continue to do that. So we just pray a blessing over those people. I pray a blessing over the people here this morning, Lord, that you'd go with them and go before them. Yeah, Lord, and that they would know that you're with them in everything that they do. And just bless them as they go, in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great week. One last thing, there will be no, uh, no Behold Nights this Wednesday night as our staff team is on an airplane. So no Wednesday night Behold Night, but we will do that again next week. And if you haven't signed up for the three-on-three -three hockey tournament, we need to have signups of teams by next Sunday so that we can make sure that this thing's going to run. So please get your three-on-three -three team together, sign up, and register so that we know you're anticipating to come. All right. See you soon. <laughs>